Hey everybody and welcome to episode 21 of Backing Paper. We are old enough to drink in the States. We've been old enough to drink for years here in the UK and we have been. We've really been making the most of that, as you can probably tell. And I'm back and I'm feeling better. Uh, Rachel, sadly, has had one hell of a busy weekend after not feeling very well all last week. So she's not with me tonight. But don't worry, listeners, because I brought in a pinch hitter, as is my one, and is the powerhouse, the hot rod of hot podcast it's neil piper from the soot and whitewash podcast neil how are you hey i'm pretty good that's a hell of an intro but yet again you didn't tell me that rachel wasn't here well look <laughs> this been i mean it's, it's good i'm just glad i met her the other day because otherwise i'd be pretty put out with you right now anyway i'm really good how are you I'm great. I am great. Thank you. Yeah, it was lovely because we met up with you at the photography show a couple of weeks ago. Didn't meet up for long enough, sadly, particularly as you had with you one of Graham Young's, um, was it 24 square cameras? 24 squared, 35 millimeter pinhole camera. I've actually got it right here on the table with me right now. Yeah, and I really wanted to see that. But sadly, uh, we were super busy and you naffed off early. So I didn't get a chance to have a look at that. Never mind. Well, that wasn't my fault. That was a combination of Andrew and Rain and Birmingham. And well, it's probably a bit my fault as well. But (laughs) Andrew and Rain and Birmingham. Uh, Okay, so why, why was it the Rain's fault? It just was, mate. Don't dwell on it. Okay. Uh, Andrew was a bit of an old fart and he had to go home early because <laughs> raining, I think, is what we're gathering from that. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what have you been up to lately? Lately? Not a lot, really. What have I been doing? I've been I've been playing with that Graflex camera that I won at oh, the yes. show the other week. I say playing with, basically just trying to work out. Oh, of course, I've got that right here on the table as well. I'm trying to work out what I'm going to do with it. And I think... I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to restore it. Hey, that's I fantastic. I was I was just going to turn it into a into a pinhole camera, but sort of like, I think I said the, the more I sort of look at it and the more I play with it, I was like, it's it's the the leather or leatherette or whatever it is is a little bit tatty, mm-hmm. but and the bellows are to be fair shot, but apart from that, it's 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 good. It's solid. So you hear that. A solid piece of machinery, so I think I'm tentatively looking at repairing it. That's great, because it does seem like a kind of thing that it's too good to turn it into a pinhole, because with the best will in the world, any tin can can be a pinhole. Absolutely. um, And it seems a shame to turn a camera that has the potential to be a good, usable camera into a pinhole, if that can be avoided. Precisely, and with with it being a large format camera, it can be a pinhole camera as well, can't it? It can just have a lens board that's not got a lens in it. It can have a pinhole in it as well. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome Um, source. Apart from that, a bit of 24 squared action. And that's about it, really. Well, that's enough. That's enough. Well, I'm glad to have you here with me tonight, Neil. We have got a delightful selection of emails. Not too much stuff this evening, listeners. So... This might be a short one. You never know. This might be the fabled short show. Um, Absolutely not going to be a short show. I'll tell you that right now. It it definitely will. I've looked at... There's hardly anything to get through. We'll plough through this stuff. And listeners will be out shooting film in no time because they'll be freed from our incessant jabbering. Um, Anyway. Listeners, just to give you some idea of this, we've been on this call at least half an hour already and we're only just starting. So that's a cue as to how it's going to go. All right? It's not going to be short. It will be great and it'll be short. And I'm going to kick us off. Well, now, 
obviously the entries for the Cheap Shots Challenge closed a couple of weeks ago, but it turns out that there was one entry that got lost in the post. It was posted from this massive oil tank up in the north of Scotland and unsurprisingly got lost. I think it probably a bear had to take it for the first you know couple of hundred miles and bears are notoriously unreliable <laughs> when it comes to delivering mail. Um, but it finally got to us. So this is a Cheap Shots Challenge entry from one David Allen, the more sensible of the Danger Boys, which is a low, low bar to hit. Uh, David writes in, Oh, oh, I should forewarn you, anybody of a bullshit-sensitive nature may want to step away from the uh, podcast listening device now because there's quite a lot in this. Um, but here we go. When asked over three years ago by another Toulouse-based photographer if we could collaborate I was briefly thrown into mental catatonia. Our photographic styles were divergent, yes, but more importantly, it appeared as though there was an irrecoverable incompatibility in our photographic axioms. Aesthetic, in and of itself, mustn't be the sole ends of our art, lest we create what Kandinsky might describe in concerning the spiritual in art as that which resembles a stillborn child. Art, being philosophy by other means, must bear aesthetic, which is the direct result of a burgeoning philosophy. But, of course, I digress. Also, you make a very difficult to read email, David, but never mind. <laughs> I decided to give careful consideration to the request and asked myself how I could use my art, my photography, as a tool to create a visual philosophical discourse in a way that intersected my fellow photographer's work. I considered his strength, the convocation of a team of hairdressers, models, makeup artists and even dressmakers in order to get one photograph in an SD of 2000 of a woman with lips perfectly pursed. It occurred to me that after that enormous legwork, it almost didn't matter who pressed the shutter, that the camera, after meticulous post-production, was disposable, nay, that the photographer himself was disposable. I fully understand that in stating this, in taking on this project, that I entered into an artistic self-abnegation. I suggested we proceed in putting together a shoot using disposable cameras, which I reloaded with Portra 160. It would have been silly, after all, to skimp on the film after saving so much on free cameras. He loved the idea and immediately enlisted someone to make dresses out of trash. Much to my chagrin, he also brought his digital camera to take backup shots. I've also attached one of his digital photos from the shoot for reference. I'll let you guess which one that is. Furthering the ideas, the underlying furthering the ideas underlying the concept, I gave the disposable cameras to the models themselves. The photographer was truly unneeded. Of course, as meta as I could, I made sure to document the subject replacing the photographer with a second disposable camera I had on hand. I shall conclude with a modified passage from Ecclesiastes. Yes, of course you will, David. <clears throat> Here we go. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their photos at which they toil under the flash guns? Generations come and generations go, but presets remain forever. All photos are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye has never enough of seeing, nor the film its fill of exposure. 
What has been shot will be again. What has been devved will be devved again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there any photo of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former photographers, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them on Instagram. Well, thank you very much, David, <laughs> for the most uh, complex to read email for quite some time, um, and the delightful bit of prose at the end there. Um, Neil, what's your take on that email? Well, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, uh, I should should probably have pre-read that a little bit better. Uh, at least you didn't have to read it, so that's that. Well, that's I mean, it's, it's well, a wonderful. I, I was I was struggling to read it, read along with it, with you reading it out loud. Yeah, but I mean, it's on the on the bullshit, Mia. That's pretty high. It's pretty good, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. interesting. Um, the particularly the uh, poetic passage at the end uh, about um, nothing new under the sun. Um, there was a bit of a brouhaha on the Twitters uh, for anybody who cared to witness it this past week um, regarding the fact that. Uh, I think waterfalls, on the subject of waterfalls and the fact that uh, some photographers are tired of seeing waterfalls and um, it's, it is, as David puts in here, there are no new pictures to be taken under the sun, or at least it is incredibly rare to see a picture that you go, well, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, and so I think it's absolutely fine for people to be taking pictures that may well be regarded as cliche. It's, it's always, uh, if nothing else, it's good practice. And I think if people can put something of themselves into these images, then it can be a very meaningful um, practice. But I can also understand why people might get tired of seeing the same kind of images pop up over and over again. But that's fine. Just don't look at them and well, yeah. don't feel the need to comment on them. <laughs> You have a choice to, as you say, you have a choice to look at, you have a choice to comment and either do or don't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because it is hard. I mean, you get out there, you're taking photos. Neil, and Do you find yourself self-editing pictures and not taking pictures because you go, well, what's the point? This has been taken before or, or are you more likely to just take no. the shutter? No, I'll just, I'll open my pinhole and I'll shoot it. I don't care. I've got a, one particular shed that features in my Instagram that I've shot probably a hundred times and I'll shoot it a hundred more times. There you go. The shed is not a cliche. In fact, exactly. I think the more you shoot it, the more it becomes a statement in its own right. Anyway, we should probably look at these pictures that uh, David so kindly sent in after we should. Uh, after all of that kerfuffle. Um, so these are some fairly fantastic shots, as one would hope, uh, from Mr. Allen. Um, what do you think of these? This is the first of the... I think these... When we when you came on last night, were we doing the cheap shots challenge stuff then? I think we did. I can't remember. Um, um, it was definitely running, but I don't think we actually had any to discuss. I think we just read emails. So this is the first uh, cheap shots that I've actually had to. Uh, what's the word? Um, talk like talk about. Well, what do you think? I suppose is the word. Yeah. What do you think of these shots then, Neil? Well. As you say, one is very clearly a digital shot and one is clearly a film shot. And it's, the, well, uh, it, it's quite striking how different they are, isn't it? Um, one is, well, the film shot, obviously, is got bits of dust all over it and the focus is all over the shop and the digital shot is as crisp as you would expect it. 
And you know which one I like? I like the film shot. Of course I do. Because it's got a lot more soul, if that's if that's the right way to describe it. It feels a lot more authentic than than the digital shot to me. Yeah. Um, just to give listeners an idea of what we're actually looking at. So these are um, models, uh, brilliantly styled models, wearing um, outfits made of trash. Um, yeah. They're, they're great shots. There's sort of, uh, the, the outfits are spectacular. We had shots earlier in this round of um, outfits made out of magazines. And again, these are just along the same as brilliant, um, really cool so shots. The, fir- the first one appears to be yeah, like made out of garbage bags, and the other shot is what uh, looks to be newspaper, like a full, a full dress and hat to go with it as well. Which is that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, the actual sort of dress and the hat. Yeah, and um, and actually there are other couple of pictures where I didn't stick in there, but um, more shots of the garbage bag, um, or rubbish bin bag, whatever. I don't want to cause more cr- cross. Cross trash ocean, bag. Trash bag. Um, <laughs> it's very cool um, how well that made it. And there's, yeah, and there's a third one made of just um, uh, like packing film. Um, oh, and right. for some reason, the, the model has blood, uh, fake blood, I'm hoping. It's it's a very disturbing kind of wedding scene gone wrong. Um, oh, nice. Very yeah, cool. I can't see that one. Yeah, no. I think, um, it's, I think it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting how he's, he's turned the camera over to the model to take her own. I don't want to say selfie. Take her own portrait. Um, I find it kind of interesting where the where the focus has fallen in that picture. So obviously listeners can't can't uh, see this picture right now unless it's on the website. Is it the, on the, the website? The links will be in the show notes. You'll be able to see all right, these okay. in the show notes. Yeah. So so she's obviously uh, looks to be she's got one hand either side of the camera and she's at arm's length taking her taking her picture. And it's interesting how where where the focus is has landed on on the picture because if you look at the front of her dress that appears to be sharp and like the hair running down sort of her neck onto her chest is sharp and her face has kind of dropped focus ever so slightly yet the chair behind her is perfectly is that a chair or a case or something is perfectly tack sharp so this i don't know what kind of disposable camera this is but the lens in it is doing something really weird and i like it it's really cool yeah and also it's impressive that the, these little disposable cameras, um, they, you know, they've done a pretty good job. We put some portrait in there; they look really yeah. nice. They, 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 do, they look really nice. Um, you know, so uh, great job there, Dave. I would question though, Dave, is that um, is that his picture? If he didn't shoot it, hmm, is that a whole grey area we're getting into there? Well, it was like. Just... Do you remember a couple of years ago, or some some number of years ago, there was that thing where uh, a Monkey, monkey, yeah, stole somebody's camera and took a picture, and <laughs> there's like people well, that... claim that the photographer didn't have the rights to that picture because the monkey took it with his. Oh boy! Um, are you comparing? Are you comparing this young lady to a monkey? Uh, no, I'm moonwalking away from that comparison <laughs> very rapidly. Do you want to take this next email from uh, Alistair Dougal? Sure. Where are we? Uh, uh, this one's addressed to Aid. Yeah. So, hi, Aid. Hi, Aid. Where are you, mate? Hi, Aid. Finally, finally, I finally have a way we can get you over your over the photographic hiatus as negative positive guys have just challenged you to compete with them in the double exposure tag team challenge. I want you and Rachel or Graham to kick their ass in inverted commas, as they say over there. If you feel that it may be too much to shoot 36 exposures, just buy a 24 exposure roll and then you are already 33.3 percent better off. 
Aid, I personally appeal to you to take this challenge up and show those American cousins two things. Firstly, the British don't need bravado to win. And secondly, that the Sunny 16 team have talent. I did have a joke about being all interwed, but they may not have got it. <laughs> okay, I assume that was between you guys. So I am looking forward to you announcing that you have accepted the challenge on your show and maybe also including a link to encourage others to join in. Shooting film and making new friends can't be bad for any of us. Alistair, who wants more who wants more to shoot film? Uh, yeah, I think I was supposed to say who wants to yeah, who wants I more to shoot film? Who... No, I think that's right. I think who wants more to shoot film? Um I should say who wants to shoot more film. He probably wants to do that as well. Both things can be equally true. Uh, So, yes, on the Negative Positives podcast hosted by Mike and Andre, they have announced, uh, after the riotous success that was last year's Double Exposure Challenge, um, which lasted almost all of last year and was something of a rolling disaster. um, which Was Was that not because of you? I mean, I was just the final nail in the disaster coffin. I think it's fairly (laughs) safe to say I was the one that put that disaster finally in the grave. Um, they're doing it again. Thankfully, uh, with the help of Sean Nelson this year, it's going to be far better organised because essentially they're not being trusted with any part of the organisation. So that's good. Um, and so they are encouraging anybody to... Now, I think, Neil, you probably know better than I do. Go to the Negative Positives Facebook page. I think is the best place to go. Um, if you're interested in taking part in this and you can sign up there to take part in this Double Exposure Challenge uh, and then you will get matched up with a partner and you can choose whether you want to do it with somebody who is either in your country or in another country uh, and you'll get matched up and then basically the way it works is whoever has said they'll be first shoots a roll of film they then post it to whoever's going to be second the second person shoots the same roll of film gets that roll of film developed and then you try and find some pictures that are not a complete disaster on it um, and it's quite good fun uh it was it was i was as the person who judged the entries eventually last year um i was actually quite surprised uh, and impressed by the way some of those images had come out there were some really quite cool pictures there um and you know a, a lot of it most of it 90 something percent of it was just down to pure serendipity because of course it is when neither party really knows what the other person is going to do um you know it is does come down to luck but there were some really cool results uh that came out of that uh, that would never have happened otherwise so that was a real treat so i would absolutely recommend this um it was it was a lot of fun i will just say um but absolutely come along to the to the facebook page that's the negative positives film photo podcast page there's not actually a link to sign up just yet but it is um coming very very soon yes and um i think was it april it's coming soon go to negative positives it's coming soon listen to like the last I don't know, 100 of their podcasts. I'll probably mention it at some point. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> Absolutely don't do that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Co- it's coming It's coming at some point very soon. Yeah, but it's a good fun thing to take part in. Anyway, as part of that, they have also thrown down the gauntlet to other photography podcasts saying, you know, we want to challenge you to also do it. So, um, Neil, did you take part in it last year? I did, yes. You did. And are you going to be taking part in it again this year? Uh, time permitting, yes, I will. Time permitting. See, see the pro- the problem with with it. Well, the good thing, the problem, the problem with it last year, as you said, was that it took forever for everybody to shoot their shots, send them off, have them processed or process them, and get them back and blah blah blah. So the good thing this year is that there's a time limit on it. But the bad thing this year is that there's a time limit on it, 
and that means I have to be quick. So, um, time permitting, yes, I will take part. Well, I certainly hope so. It's a great, fun thing to do. It's very low impact, and you never know what will come up for it. And the good thing is that you don't have to be trying to take the most amazing pictures ever. If you're short on time, you know, this is a combined effort. So your pictures might be of something mundane, and the other person who you're teamed with might be taking mundane pictures, but those two mundane things together might create an amazing piece of art. And it's also a good way of perhaps getting to know somebody new and sharing some Absolutely. film. So, yeah, I mean, my, my partner was based in America last year, and he shot he, he shot the role first. So as it turns out, he wandered around like his local area, and he just shot presumably the same sort of scenes that he'd been shooting himself hundreds of times and then this role arrived in the post and me and i loaded it in my camera and done exactly the same thing um unbeknownst to each other we both shot like our own local area and we ended up with some cool shots between us yeah it's i mean you didn't you didn't pick them as winners graham but they were cool shots <laughs> there you go just, i mean just, just saying quite cool shots clearly not quite cool enough though um but yeah we will be getting involved with this um i will be speaking to aiden rachel and seeing it if one or both of those two i'm sure can be persuaded to do it i've told rachel she kind of has to do it basically um, i reckon i've got a better chance with that than badgering aiden to it but i think aid see if aid can do it with um Chris Marquardt, let's see if that can happen. That would be fantastic. Um, oh, that would be good. But yeah, that's super cool. And keep an eye on the Negative Positives Facebook page. I know they're going to be sharing tips on there also as to how to get good results in terms of trying to line up the shots as best as possible and good conditions for shooting and stuff like that if you've not tried it before. So um, good fun. Everybody should have a look at that. Okay, this next email is from Christian Strauff and it's titled Great Anna Atkins Feature. Dear Sunnies, I'm a listener from Germany. I've only started listening to the Sunny 16 podcast this year, but already can't imagine life without it. Well, I'm <laughs> sorry to hear that. Thank you so much for this great show about my favourite hobby. Also, thanks for soldiering through the last backing paper episode with your colds. Rachel and Graham, you must be the cheeriest sick people that I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. <laughs> Get well soon. Uh, I mean, I, we very much managed to switch it on for the recording and then instantly turned into miserable, grumpy misanthropes as soon as we stopped recording. I have absolutely no doubt of that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the highlights of this episode for me was the recording of Rose Teen Bee's talk about Anna Atkins and her cyanotypes. It's such a brilliant piece. Rose Teenby's presentation and style are excellent, very professional, and she grants the listener such an incredible insight into the time and the surroundings of Anna Atkins and this early episode of photography. It's incredible how well Rose condensed everything into a 10-minute talk. I've never heard of Anna Atkins before, and after listening to Rose Teenby's talk, however, I think Anna Atkins must have been a remarkable person, and I'm glad that you introduced her to your listeners. Thank you very much for that. Please forward my thanks to Rose. She's done an excellent job. I most certainly will. And thanks to you, Rachel, for adding your cyanotype art to the talk so that people at the photography show got an idea of Anna Atkins' cyanotype craftswomanship. I'm sure that the photography show visitors appreciated it. Do you think that lightning talks like this one, about 10-minute talks, could become a recurring part of the show? Sorry if they already are. I still have a huge backlog of past episodes. Keep up the good work. Cheers from Germany, Christian. Um, 
Thank you very much, Christian. That was a lovely email to receive, and I will most certainly make sure that it is forwarded on to um, Rose, because I'm sure she would love to hear it also. Um, you were actually there at the talk, weren't you, Neil? I was indeed, yeah. And what did you think of it? It was really, really interesting. Um, ditto everything that Christian just said. Um, it was really interesting to hear talk about just it was really interesting how she managed to condense it all down into like this 10 minute talk and yeah seeing Rachel there to sort of demonstrate what was being spoken about was was yeah it was amazing it was really good yeah and and also just having all the sound types there on the background and people making sound types during the day Rachel actually had people making sound types mm -hmm. it was great so that she kind of started with a fairly blank um area and from what she was saying last week by the end of the time that she was there it was it was a miniature art gallery um well, i think even by the end of the first day wasn't it sort of it was yeah did she only do it for the one day i can't remember no no she she ended up she going back did she yeah, carry she on i say because by the end of the first day there was still quite a few there already yeah so. it was very it was cool good. It was looking good have you had a go at cyanotypes yourself neil i have and rachel has been helping me or was helping me quite a bit with it actually yeah so what sort of stuff have you been doing um well i've been so the stuff Rachel was doing uh, was actually demonstrating was more the traditional like uh, leaf patterns, you know, when you see that the when you press the leaf onto it and you shine the light and you end up with the white uh, deep leaf, not necessarily leaf, but like plant details, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so what I what I have been doing is taking my film negatives and printing them onto uh, like digital acetate paper. So then I've been contact printing my film images onto cyanotype treated chemistry does that make sense yeah yeah no absolutely yeah. so and basically yeah i'm taking my 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 film pictures and making them blue that's <laughs> very cool i have actually finally had a go at doing cyanotypes this week no um, you have yeah i have um because i bought um no let me correct that well, i mean i did buy some of rachel's um analog adventurer kits for christmas gifts people last year um but also she gave me one for christmas which was lovely and i had a card that i bought at christmas one of rachel's um cyanotype cards which i ended up not giving away <laughs> it's like well i'm gonna have a go at doing some of this the sun was out and the sun was shining um so i had a bit of a muck around with that and um and it's sort of mixed success um entirely because of me um because i'm like well i'm out in the garden i'm just going to grab bits and pieces and it's been a great learning experience um yeah. so that um the I tried doing it with some uh, very old desiccated leaves first that had become quite skeletal, um, yeah. but that didn't work terribly well. They just kind of didn't show up the, very well. Uh, I'm the, vein, the veins are possibly a little bit too thin. In yes, them, maybe. exactly. Yeah. And I think when I put the glass on, it just kind of smushed what was there. Um, sure. And then I found um, some quite delicate threads of leaves, and that worked quite well, actually. Got this nice little pattern the leaves on there that worked quite well then i thought okay i'm gonna try some flowers and so i got some flowers that were reasonably flat and um put the glass plate on them and with a few leaves and stuff and it actually looked quite pretty on the thing but of course i was putting flowers that i just picked under a glass plate in the blazing sun so <laughs> they just shriveled up and died so that didn't work terribly well because no. yeah they just disappeared um and the last one i tried was um using some ivy leaves because okay ivy leaves are much tougher leatherier leaves yeah, um, yeah and i left those out far longer and a few a couple of those worked really well um but the one was a bit too much so it was 
it was really good fun experimenting and it's a technique okay. that i am really wanting to do more of. i i buying cyanotype chemicals is definitely in the immediate future for me i'm you should I'm, do it it's a it's a lot of fun so can, how how long were you leaving your your flowers and your leaves out in the sun for uh i think the first one i did was about 20 minutes 25 minutes um i think that okay. with the with the um ivy leaves they were out for over an hour i think in the end because i knew that i wanted to try and x-ray the leaves a bit and it yeah, kind of they're quite a lot thicker aren't they yeah they are and it worked quite well with some with a couple of the leaves where the leaves were quite pale you could the veining came through brilliantly but on the the big one that was in the middle it was just too dark um nice. but yeah it's a lovely process and um i'm absolutely going to have a go at doing more of them uh it's and i would heartily recommend i know we've said this umpteen times but you know try one of rachel's kits you know just have a go at it um yeah, yeah. And, I, I bought one at the show for for my daughter, actually. I haven't given it to her yet, but I'm hoping that she'll like that. She's expressed an interest in sort of doing something like that, so hopefully she'll get on well with that. It's just so fun to do a thing. You know, you, I mean, you, I wandered out into the garden, put some stuff on, put a piece of glass on top of it, wandered away and did some work for a half an hour, came back, ran it under a cold tap, ta-da, you've got a print, you've got, a, you know, yeah. you've got your finished piece there and done and ready to go up on a wall or whatever you want to do with it. Um, and, you know, as a gardener, I have access to quite a wealth of material, so I'm quite sure, keen to yeah, yeah. make up some um, more sheets or whatever I decide to go with uh, and actually take them to work and, you know, set them up and just put them in place whilst I'm working and, and see what works and what doesn't and experiment with that. Um, so, yeah, that was really good fun. Uh, cool. Good, good. Cyanotypes for everyone. And Yay. I didn't poison myself, so that's always good. <laughs> Do you want to read this next one uh, titled Paper Jam from Joseph Baker, Neil? Paper Jam. Joe Baker. I know Joe Baker. Hi, Joe. Dear Sunbeams, I wondered if you'd be so kind as to give a plug for an exhibition that I organise in Norwich each year. It's called Paper Jam because we print the photos on paper and stick them directly to the wall. This is an incredibly cost-effective. This, sorry, this is incredibly cost-effective. So the exhibition is free to enter. That's always the best kind of exhibition. Last year we had over 100 photos from a real mix of people, including Kate Hook. Past cool. guest Kate Hook, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can find us online as at Paper Jam Norwich, and all you have to do to take part is email your photos to paperjamnorwich at gmail.com. The exhibition is at Norwich Playhouse in June. Hope to see you there. For what it's worth, I thought that the sound quality from the photography show was really good. The recording device was money well spent. Hope you are all over your colds. Lots of love. Joe Baker. And Joe is at evil underscore chutney. Um, at least it, it doesn't say where, but I know he is on Twitter. And uh, yeah, Instagram. Twitter and Instagram, yeah. Thank you very much, Joe. You're not that far from Norwich, are you, Neil? No, that's where I go to university. Norwich is about 45 minutes away, or 45 minutes north of me. And I met Joe at the end of last year, and we had a little bit of a talk about this, and I will be entering it myself. Awesome. Well, as we've said repeatedly, and as Rachel has said repeatedly, send your stuff off for things. Get You know, if you've got some pictures you think would be cool to be part of that, send it off to Paper Jam Norwich. Why not? Far exactly. better. Exactly, and this one, like Joe says, is absolutely free, so you've really got... You've really got nothing to use. It's not like you even have to make a print. Joe's going to make the prints. You're just going to email them to him. What more could you ask for? 
get involved yeah. listeners check it out and, um I, I doubt i'll get over to norwich because um it's quite a long way for me and also it's norwich um but oi, oi, oi. <laughs> but i'm sure we'll hear some quality reporting from there on the sort of whitewash podcast at some point <laughs> in the future uh, this next one is titled grandma question mark from krista brandt hi sunnies this one is for Graham. Oh, that's me um I'm actually finding myself listening back from episode number one. Sounds weird, oh even God. thinking it to myself. <laughs> Sounds insane. Yeah, saying Poor it. Poor guy. Um, just listening to episode 17 and the found film part. A few weeks ago, I picked up a beautiful Belora Bella 44 with a roll of Kodak Verichrome film in it, which I developed in some HC110. Great for expired mystery film. And, quite surprisingly, actually, there were pictures in every frame and not a single grandma. No. Or maybe she is a grandma now, so <laughs> maybe Graham gets this in his favour somehow anyway. My first success with found film. Thank you for the great work. Keep it up because I'm in the act of changing job and will have tons of time in a car listening. Kind regards from Krista. Thank you very much, Krista Brand. Um, anybody who has made the very sound choice to not go back and listen from episode number one um we'll probably not have a clue what any of that is about um i think episode number one it's a wonder we ever got any listeners because episode number one of the sunny 16 podcast which is already giving no idea of what the podcast about is about was entitled no such thing as a free grandma oh it was wasn't it <laughs> I should not have been left in charge of anything at that point. Um, and the reason it was called that was because I have this theory, based on my own experiences, that if you buy, pick up, find, acquire a camera that has a roll of fully or partially shot film in it, it is highly likely, if not inevitable, that it will have a picture of someone's grandma on it. I've I've had, I think, three rolls of film, three rolls of frown film, and every single one of those three had a picture of somebody's grandma on it. So um, that is my theory. Uh, and I think it's a pretty solid theory. It does it does fall apart sometimes. I've found, and I would not, I will 90% agree with you, any role of film that I found, which is clearly sort of pre 1980s, generally has someone that could be a grandma on it. Anything sort of a little bit earlier than that, not necessarily, but normally I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's because, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is. There's something, there's something magical about taking a picture of a grandma and then maybe that camera just has to be disposed of. Who knows? Um, looking at these pictures, we were having a couple of pictures earlier that Krista sent, uh, and I think judging by the age of the pictures and the age of the um, camera, I think it's highly likely that the um, lady in that picture is a grandma now, wouldn't you say, Neil? Quite possibly, yeah. So I'm calling that a grandma in that picture. Um, come at me, internet. You know, I know it's a drastic <laughs> stance to take. Um, and incidentally, uh, HC110 for old film is a great choice. Um, I bought a bulk... <laughs> I've probably talked about this in the past a long time ago. Um, I bought a bulk roll of stupid film a long time ago. It turns out it was HP5 from... 1980 something probably Ooh, late, let's lovely. say later and it's incredibly grainy and um quite foggy at this point and i did quite a lot of looking into what would be the best thing to develop it to cut down on the fog and um 
you can buy chemicals and add them. I think it's bromide, I think, if my very... Potassium, hate... potassium bromide. Potassium, thank you very much, Neil. God, my memory is not that bad then. Which you can add to um, your think, developer. Yeah, <laughs> to cut down on the fog. Um, but HD110 is actually the best choice. If you have old and expired film um, and you're concerned about fogging, HD110, I think probably because it already has some in there, is the best choice for that, which is why I got into using HD110 in the first place and <laughs> stick with it to this day. Also, I still have quite a lot of that HP5 left. Um, my I'll, grain special. I'll I'll add to that. I shot a roll. Okay, so you haven't seen these yet, Graham, but I shot a roll of 1982 vintage, I think, HP5, um, at the photography show uh, the other week. And I stand developed that in Caffanol, and that came out really, really well. Oh, awesome. Oh, well, well I'll look so, forward to seeing those pictures then, Neil. Yeah, they're a bit, they're a bit grainy but yes. it's 82 vintage HP5, and I shot it at 1600 ISO. So oh, they're going to be crumbs. I, I don't do that. <laughs> I think mine's rated at 200. No, 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 1600 all the way. And these are really good. So, yeah. Oh, well, I, I will see. I will look forward to seeing those because, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's, it is certainly a good grainy film at the best of times, but 1600, I can't even imagine. <laughs> do you want to read this quick one from Matt Jones over in Thailand? Oh, yes. Matt Jones. Just thought I would share Matthew Joseph's star-studded appearance on the Decaffeinated Photography Channel. It's very long, but at least you get to see Matthew's mug. And then he has included a YouTube link to that. Wow, that was really short. Ha ha, Matt Jones from Thailand. Yeah. I assume you'll put the, the link in the show notes. I will put a link in the show notes because surely everybody wants to see Matthew Joseph's lovely face on the internet. Um, so yeah, Decaffeinated Photography Channel on YouTube. Go there and check it out. But I will put a link in the show notes. Uh, and I think there's probably quite a bit on there about shooting with the X-Pan and stuff like that. So if anyone wants to follow up on Matthew's well-thought-out uh, ideas on that, then go and check that out. Uh, and I think we're on to our last one. This is definitely going to be a short show. I think we're doing... Oh, so that's already looking longer than I thought it was going to be. Never mind. <laughs> Scratch that, listeners. But we're near the end now, I promise. Last one is from Ed Worthington. Ed writes in, Hey, Sunbeams. Just wanted to say great job on getting another amazing guest on in Lena Bessanova. You are seriously killing it with the big names currently. Bessanova is quite a long name. I listened to the episode while on a rather long journey from Parma to La Spezia. Unfortunately, it means I now have nothing to listen to on the horrendous three to four hour journey I now have to make between La Spezia and Siena, if I'm saying that first one wrong, soz. Um, oh well, keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Ed. Um, it was a delight to talk to Lena last week. Um, neither Rachel nor I were on our finest form, but still, Lena was fantastic. Um, it has been, it's been interesting seeing some of the feedback this week. Um, Lena is a very confident woman, confident in her abilities and her place in the world. And it does seem that sometimes confidence in women can come across uh, in other ways to people. Um, but she was great and it was fantastic to get to talk to her and just get, you know, a, a different viewpoint on the world from her. So, um, yeah, that was cool. Did you listen to that show, Neil? Um, I have listened to it, yes. It was very good to hear her talk about her, her darkroom work and her, her darkroom. That was really cool, yeah. 
yeah, she's a tough cookie. She's quite happy. I, I, I love just things, just things like yeah. There's, I come from Russia. There's no diplomacy in my, there's no <laughs> democracy in Russia, so you don't get democracy. Yeah, yeah. In my, yeah, she's a, a straight shooter, and I, I really appreciated that. Um, yeah. yeah, she was very cool. Um, I've got a couple of people I want to say uh, thanks to this week. The first one is an overdue thanks because this turned up, I think, probably just before the photography show, and I kind of forgot about it in the comings and goings. And that is to Dan Novak, Daniel Novak, who has written into us before. Um, uh, he has sent me a copy of his photo book, uh, issue one, Road Trip 2018. And it's beautiful. It's just a really simple, elegant photo book um, of pictures from uh, across the wild, the wild west. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's, it's quite wild west. Um, just very cool. Route 66, places like that. Uh, it's beautiful. Really nicely put together. And just lovely to see the images finding a home. Um, I love this kind of stuff because it's an environment that's so alien to our um, our environment around here. And it's really nice. And I know Dan's planning on doing more of that stuff before. You can see Dan's work um, at danielnovakphoto.com. Um, and it's well worth checking out. So thank you very much for that, Dan. And sorry for not getting to it sooner. Also want to say a thank you this week to uh, my lovely friend Alex Purcell, who, now this is a kind of a double thank you, because the first one is a historical thank you to Lyndon from um, Londinium uh, Camera Repairs, who we spoke to last year and who is amazing at repairing cameras. Um, he gave me a Nikon, wow, what kind of, hang on a second, I'm going to have to go and find this lens now. Excuse me whilst I bang around listeners. I might cut this out. Or I might forget. Okay, so he gave me a Nikon lens, uh, which is a Nikon, let's see, it's uh, a 2.5 F105 Nikon something or other. And he said, oh, oh, this is quite a special lens. Have fun with that. Now this lens, I don't think I've ever seen, I'm guessing cleaning marks. I mean, it's, it's so scuffed and hazed, it's spectacular. So obviously, I desperately want to give this a go because if there's nothing, if there's something that really appeals to me, it's a truly F lens. Um, but I didn't have a Nikon body. I've never owned a Nikon body. Um, and Alex, I was going to, I was looking for one at the photography show and I couldn't find one because I only want something cheap and cheerful because obviously I mean, this might be the one the only time I ever shoot with it. Um, and Alex said, oh, oh, I've got a Nikon F301 you can have. Um, which is great. So he's posted up. He did also send the zoom lens with it. He said, you have to have that with it. So thanks very much for that <laughs> massive paperweight that I've now got. Um, and it's safe to say that my partner is uh, as unhappy as his partner was happy to see it go. Um, but this is quite, it's quite funky. It's like the good side of the 80s. It's quite a beefy 80 looking camera. Um, but it makes a good noise. Listen to that. That's a good 80s kind of a girls on film kind of noise. See, listen to that. I like that sound. I mean, it's not that discreet sounds, at all. That's very good. Yeah. What, what good. one was that? That's really? a Nikon F301. It's a, it's a good plastic bodied beauty, but um, yeah, I'm very pleased with that. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Alex. And I cannot wait to try out that lens. Um, I'm going to go out and I'm going to point it straight to the sun and see what happens. <laughs> I'm sure that will be a really good idea. Um, some of your best work, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, the competition is not high. Uh, we were going to mention, <laughs> I suppose I should mention this. I do feel that a large part of my role within the photographic community is to basically keep making all of the mistakes so that nobody else has to. <laughs> I, I like to absorb them. So um, I know I mentioned it at the time, but recently I bought a Yashica Mat 124 um, 
and when I bought it, I went, oh, I think there's a roll of film in here. This is great. I convinced myself there's a roll of film in here. And this weekend, I unexpectedly ended up going down to Devon. And so I grabbed some cameras and I grabbed that camera and Fed 2 that Jeremy gave me and a couple of other ones because obviously you can never have too many cameras. And obviously. I went down and I actually took some pictures and uh, got, I tried out the Fed 2. That's great. I was thinking a bit of time, the, the shutter button on the Fed 2 is just set further back than you're used to. So your finger just doesn't naturally fall there. So that's going to take a bit of getting used to. But other than that, it's a really lovely camera to use. But I also finished the roll of film that was in the Yashica mat, which was fantastic. It, you know, it, It's unusual for me to shoot a roll of film and get through it. But I found myself this morning, we woke up and there's notice all these motorbikes going past the house. And it turns out that there's a hill climb event, a motorbike hill climbing event going on just down the road on this beautiful craggy coastline. It's like, oh my God, beautiful scenery, motorbikes going up and down this. This is an opportunity to take some photos. So I went down there and finished shot all the way through on the Yashica mat. It was fantastic. Um, great. The light was great. Everything was perfect. Right up until I came home, <laughs> cracked open the back of the uh, Yashica mat and discovered that there wasn't the roll of film in there at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so there, there's that. And uh, as I was say, saying to Neil earlier, the problem is when you have a camera and you're not sure... There is both a roll of film in there and there isn't. It's like Schrodinger's cat, but for film. And the, the and the sticker on the back, because this camera had a sticker on the back saying that there was a roll of Acros in. I was like, do I want to pop the back open and see if there's actually a roll of Acros in there? And of course I didn't because... So... I, I just don't see... How, I mean, I haven't got a TLR, but the way I do it with a 35mm camera is you... you tug on like the rewind crank don't you and, and you can feel if there's resistance there can, can you do can you not do anything like that with a tlr i don't think so probably i didn't really check to be honest um, it just seems like that's a major thing that someone should have thought of i mean to be honest i don't think when they design these cameras they were expecting cretins like me to pick them up in the future <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that's what i mean you know to be fair when you, when you go down there and you find that it's a most of like you know a high speed event going on, a TLR is probably not the thing anyway. Um, Maybe not. But that said, despite the, the sad and tragic loss of those amazing pictures which I took, and a couple I did actually. I mean, it's sort of I did actually ask somebody if I could take their photo and did take their photo. <laughs> um, so um, you know, no one will ever believe that, but I did. I swear, listeners, I did. Um, but. I did. I caught, I, I caught garbage on that. But the thing is, as the one thing, and to, this is the great thing about film photography, you don't even need film. If you've got a TLR around your neck, you're going to have conversations. I got chatting to a very nice chap down there. Um, he was shooting shooting digital, so he was definitely going to be far more successful than I was anyway. But he said, oh, I love the camera. And we just got chatting, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm shooting film as well. You know, he's um, telling me what he's got. Uh, he bought a Nikon F FM3 or something last year, and he's looking to get a medium format system going now. And that was really nice. And they got chatting to somebody else. Um, and he said, oh, I've got a Leica at home. I take it out every now and again. So if you want to have photographic conversations with cool people, wear a TLR around your neck. It's a surefire win. So that was good. Do you, do you reckon there's a chance that these these film-loving people that you were talking to looked at the camera, knowing something that we don't, and thought, 
there's no film in that game. What is this guy doing? <laughs> is there not. like a, a dead giveaway that we just don't know about? And they just thought you were some sort of crazy man. Oh, no, I think I looked very professional. I was there winding on, oh, looking down, focusing. Look at me. Look at this guy. He really knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that was, as Rachel would say, a sad thing. Um, I did take a few pictures on the um, Fed 2 at the event as well. Though. So, I mean, again, a, a oh, rangefinder okay. with 100-speed filming, also perfect for, <laughs> for capturing fast-moving action. <laughs> but it was just great fun being out with the cameras anyway. It was really lovely. Ah. Uh, Selby. Um, we have got some coffee thanks. Uh, a few people to say thank you to this week's. The first one is the Timothy Phillips, who is at film underscore photog with an F, F O T O G, um, on Instagram. He's got a lovely feed, mostly portraits and some really cracking portraits as well, uh, color and black and white. I There is something about the human face that I find endlessly interesting we were talking earlier about you know pictures that get taken and that we may or may not be interested in and you know for me personally like landscape rarely does a great deal for me it's just not my particular thing um you know i I appreciate when they're well done but it's not a thing that i'm drawn to but that said i could listen i could look at countless pictures of people's faces and never get bored of that um they're really lovely what where does your taste fall on this neil are you a a person photo or a places photo kind of guy uh personally i'm a places photo i don't i very rarely take photographs of of people yeah what is it that when you're looking for to when you're out what is it that makes you go yes that is a place i want to take the photo is it the shape of the landscape is it the light is it just I don't know what what are you looking for. Um, I don't know. It's not really ever the light, to be honest. Um, I'll photograph in any light, but I don't know. It's just something unusual that, for some reason or another, catches my eye. It's just it's never really a person. Saying that, I, I did shoot a few people when we were in Birmingham the other week, and they looked alright. But it's just not really my first the first thing that I'd want to go out and shoot, I'll tend to, I'd prefer just to wander around wherever I am and look for something natural uh, that catches my eye or a yeah. shed. Yeah. Or a shed, obviously the, a shed. the shed of fame uh, It's horses for courses, isn't it? Um, Is well, I mean, I, I really feel like <clears throat> I managed to get the best of both worlds. I got some brilliant pictures of um, some of the people there watching the event with a fantastic backdrop of these lovely craggy rocks and on the seafront. I mean, obviously this was on the film that doesn't exist. So again, you just have to take my words with, but they really were great pictures that no one will ever see because they don't exist. Um, <laughs> The second one is from somebody who uh, is calling themselves Elton, and the message was, Daniel, you're a star. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I think that means Elton John sporting us. Um, I'm not sure uh, whether that's that's true or not, but I do want to say um, a special thank you to Matt Jones, who I think if... If it is Elton John, I think Matt Jones has probably put him in touch with our podcast and made sure he's listening to it. Um, and finally... The bit that everybody wants. There's only one this week, but there is one which I definitely, <laughs> definitely should have I'd forgotten about this. I, I, I definitely should have um, opened up my book of facts beforehand. But it is the lovely Dunstan Vavasor, who we met and spoke to at the photography show a few short weeks ago. Uh, and um, 
what people don't know about Dunstan is that Dunstan is very fond of uh, LARPing. Dunstan is a, a, a almost chronic LARPer. For those who don't know what LARPing is, that's live action role playing. Um, and Dunstan likes to go out of a weekend and dress himself up as Gandalf the Grey from uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, <laughs> that's He has a big bushy beard that he wears and the whole uh, white cloak and everything going on down there. Um, and uh, just loves to stand in the middle of roads and shout, "Those shall not pass." Even even when he's not at the laughing, he likes to just stand in the middle of roads and shout, uh, "You shall not pass." And and unfortunately, uh, that has led to some unfortunate motor accidents that he's been involved in. But get well soon, Dunstan. Um, and maybe next time, stand on the pavement and shout it. So there you go. Uh, there's your facts for the week about Dunstan Vavasor. Um, oh my God. Yeah. And to be fair. He in his message he said I'm signing up to um, surrender myself to these facts. So I, like I said I think this is a a, a feature, not a bug. Although uh, my co-hosts frequently disagree with that. Um, <laughs> whilst we're wrapping up, Neil, I'm going to hand over to you now because you've got some exciting news pertaining to both the Soot and Whitewash podcast and indeed um, the the backing paper on Sony Sixteen podcast as well. Oh, you want me to do this, do you? Yeah, I don't want to get involved. Yes, crack on. <laughs> Okay, um, so there have been rumours. Um, I've been emailed a little bit, and I know a few other people have been emailed a bit. I'm pretty sure you have as well. There are some rumours, and I'm not going to go into it too much, but there is going to be uh, an amalgamation. Is that the word? Yes, yes. So there's going to be an amalgamation of a few podcasts. So this is the first time I've really spoken about this. Um I'm not going to tell you which one. Well, obviously, you've let it go that you guys are going to be part of it. Certain White Watch is going to be part of it. And there are several other large-named podcasts that will be taking part in this. So that's pretty much all I'm going to say. Carry on listening to your favorite podcasts, and you will find out soon enough over the next day or so who is going to be taking part of this. So it's a great idea. It's just pooling information I don't really want to say too more about it. <laughs> oh, you're handling this beautifully, Neil. I mean, I, I think am. I think the long and short of it is is that um, uh, you 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 know the certain whitewash podcast is going to be going away, isn't it? As is the Sunny Sixteen podcast and the Backing Paper podcast and, and many others, and it's all going to be coming under one umbrella in, podcast. In that show, yeah. Uh, can you yeah. remember? Do you have the title of what the new umbrella podcast is going to be? It's it's very tentatively titled at the moment. Yeah, we'll go on and read out. Just want to say, so, this, this, we are merely messengers on this. This is not my uh, information being passed forward. Nearly said bullshit yeah, there are. by mistake. Carry on. Yeah, you are. At the moment, it is very tentatively titled The Classic Film Negatives Sunny Lensless Studio Podcast. So from that, you may be able to get a little bit of a gist of some of the people who are involved. That's all I'm saying for now. Keep listening, folks, to your favourite podcast and you will hear more. Or not, as the case may be. Still, excitement beckons ahead. Um, thank you so much, Neil, for joining us this week. It has been great having you on board as co-host to help me navigate my way through these choppy, choppy waters. And thank you so much, everybody, for emailing in. Um, we will be back on Thursday with a cracking show with an exciting guest, which I've definitely organised, definitely done that already. So we can all look forward to that. Um, Neil, where can people find you and your what's it going on? That's a sentence. 
that's totally not a sentence. I am on Instagram, Neil underscore Piper. That is me. Uh, my show for the moment does have its own Instagram, which is at Soot and Whitewash. That's about me. Perfect stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, and then until Thursday, listeners, um, thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>